Welcome to the Double Barrel Show. We talk about what we know. Some is scripted, some off the cuff. And we talk about movies and stuff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Double Barrel Show with your hosts, me, Ben Bennett Smith, and my co host, Jamie Sellers Thwaites. Hello. On this week's episode, we're going to review Dunkirk, but first, we're going to go through our five favourite romantic comedies. Let's do this. Now it's time for Barrel Number One. So, I think I can speak for us both, Jamie, when I say that neither of us really watch romantic comedies as a, generally, do we? No. It, it's not. It's not our... Uh, our favourite genre it's not the one that we are our go to genre um, but I I generally like most film genres um, if they're done well in in their genre um, it's, it's similar to music if you have a most rap music I don't like but if there's some rap that is actually really really good I might I might give it a go and actually quite appreciate it for for, for what it is, um, but with romantic comedies I generally find most are them not that great and most are uh, just ones that you will probably watch once at the cinema and then forget about and never ever watch again. Um, yeah. But there are a few that I really do appreciate and um, many many of them I own um, and and I do like watching them. Uh, every so often, they do make me feel all fuzzy inside. Um, would you agree, Jamie? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Great, thanks for your input. Um, <laughs> so, what is your fifth um, romantic comedy out, out of? Well, I would like to quickly say yes that not all of mine are comedies. Okay. Well, two of them are actually romantic dramas, so I'm breaking the rules a little bit. Um, but that's just because I, I don't have... Um, I couldn't really talk too much about old romantic comedies. I don't watch them that much. Mm. Although, uh, I might actually change my fifth one. I'm going to change my fifth one quickly, okay. because uh, I've just thought of a film that I do actually really like. Great. Um, you sure this is, is the a fifth? Ro- yeah, this is definitely the fifth one. Okay. Um... Uh, and that is um, 500 Days of Summer, which is my number five. Great. Uh, uh, which is really good. Um, I think it was actually you that introduced me to this. Yeah. This was a, a, a while back. Um, I think, I don't know why, but I think I think morale was low in our house at university. And I think we all needed cheering up. And you were like, oh, this could cheer you up or something. And uh, we all watched it. And I think it was everybody's in the house apart from you obviously because you're introducing it I think everybody else it was the first time they'd seen it mm. um, and it went down really well we all really really enjoyed it uh, and it's an interesting take on um, I think it even says at the beginning doesn't it right at the start of the film it says this is not your typical romance film yeah well it says it's, it's, um, this is not a love story well it is but uh, it is yeah but yeah, it definitely is it should, but it's just it, yeah it doesn't it, do what you expect it doesn't do what yeah film. yeah um and it, it, it's definitely different. Um, I don't. Uh, I'm, I, I, obviously, people. Uh, most people will have seen Five Hundred Days of Summer. I don't want to spoil it too much if you haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, it doesn't follow the formula of a standard uh, rom com. Although it does a little bit, but not quite. Um, and there's very good scenes. It's very clever. It's very quirkily made. Like there's there's scenes where the the main character, um, for example, you think he finally gets with the girl that he likes, and then. There's a whole scene afterwards where he's dancing in the street and all the passers-by all start dancing and it's kind of like sort of turns into a bit of a musical and then just carries on like that never even happened. Um, And then there's another fantastic scene, and I think he does this a couple of times, where the screen splits in half and it's his expectation of what's going to happen, which is running a couple of seconds ahead, and then the reality of the situation, and I really, really do like that. Um, And it just obviously never turns out exactly how he wants it to. Um, so yeah, that that's a that's definitely my top five favorite rom coms. I really do like it, and it's definitely a film that I would I could probably go back and keep watching. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. Well, my fifth film is called Serendipity, Ooh. and it's uh, um, it's a romantic comedy that I I used to watch with my, my it was one of my sister's films, 
Um, and I used to watch that when I was, I don't know, probably about between 8 and 12. We probably watched it a few times. And it's about uh, starring John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. And uh, the story is um, that these two individuals, uh, they meet one night in New York and um, they, they both want the same pair of gloves, I think. Um, and and they, they get talking and they go for ice cream and then uh, you can tell that he really likes her. You think, you know, maybe she, maybe she really likes him as well. Um, but she's really into fate, and so she tries to to give it up to fate as to whether they 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 should be together. Doesn't quite work, um, and then it jumps ahead um, uh, to them both in relationship relationship relationships with other people, um, and uh, but they 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 still sort of are are thinking about each other, and it just it, it sort of goes along from that to. Um, the, you know the rest of the movie. That that that's sort of how how it begins. And it's just a very very nice um, story. Um, my only my only criticism I think of it is that it doesn't it doesn't give a very good like they're, they're, both of them are, as people. They they're really lovely, but they they don't make very good choices in. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to say this without giving anything away. They just they just they're just not very they just don't make very good choices in in um uh if it was if it was real life they you you you'd think oh they they were not very nice. But because it's within the movie you kind of you kind of forgive it a bit. Um but whenever I watch it now um having been now being an adult I sort of I have a bit of a um negative reaction to it and so it's it's not as high on the list i think as as i think it would be if if it wasn't for that mm -hmm. um, but really really good very well well shot music's lovely and the acting is is just really really nice so yeah serendipity hmm. i have to check that one out never heard of it before mm. i think it's on netflix so okay um so my fourth film uh it's quite a, a famous one is notting hill Ah, starring yes. Julie Roberts and Hugh Grant. Um, it's a very good film. Basically, it's uh, a story about um, a man, Hugh Grant, played, well, played by Hugh Grant, um, who owns a travel bookstore in Notting Hill, which is a little borough in London. And uh, one day, um, the character played by Julie Roberts, who's a famous actress, and she's really well known, is kind of, she has like, um, she's trying to hide from the paparazzi and she's got a big shades on and she's wearing sort of a closer disguise or identity. She's just sort of exploring London, stumbles into his shop and that's how they meet. And then a, a kind of a, a love affair blossoms from there of just this ordinary guy with a, with a, a superstar uh, love affair. So it's a, a really, it's a really sweet film, very funny. There's, there's, um, there's a guy called Spike in it, which is... Uh, uh, the Hugh Grant's um, roommate, and he has he's kind of like the comic relief throughout the whole film, and he's really funny. Some really funny scenes with him. Um, I think no, I'm not going to spoil that joke. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil the job. There's a really really funny scene with a Spike and the paparazzi. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, that, that's it. Not just a really sweet film. Um, can't fault it really. Uh, quite a basic storyline. There's nothing really fancy about it. It's just your standard rom com really, but it's just really well put together. And I think there's a really famous shot in there as well. It's quite nice where I, th I think it's the main character is walking through Notting Hill Market and it's all one shot, but it goes through the seasons to show that a year has passed. Oh, right. Um, and it's really nice how, uh, you know, a market store might just... I don't know if it is actually cut or if it's made to look like one shot, but I believe it is all in one shot. So they've got bits that are covered in snow. Then they've got bits where, like, leaves are blowing and stuff to show autumn and everything. It's a really, really nice shot. It's a really well put together film. So yeah, that's Notting Hill. That's number four for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I've only seen it once, um, but I, it is the kind of film that I do want to go back to uh, yeah. at some point. I like Hugh Grant. I like uh, uh, Julia Roberts. Um, so yeah, I, and, and Richard Curtis is a great writer. So yeah, yeah I want to go back to that as well. Um, okay, my number four is My Big Fat Greek Wedding. 
Uh, and this is a, a lovely uh, romantic comedy starring two, an actor and an actress that I cannot remember the names of. Um, but it, it, it's about a Greek girl uh, called Talula, I think. And um, she uh, she doesn't feel like she's very attractive. She's in her, I think she's in her 30s or, or maybe even her 40s. Um, and she works for her dad's shop, uh, restaurant. Um, and it, it basically, the, the, the it, it's her meeting this non-Greek boy guy um, uh, that she, and she dates him. And um, it, her, it's her family's um, tension of her dating a non-Greek boy. Um, and they're, you know, them, them trying to, uh, understand that and um, uh, the tension of him with the family and her with his family and the families together um, just really really funny um, uh, very family like film it's the kind of film where you watch it and you go oh I wish I had a massive massive family I wish I had this humongous like family that just wouldn't leave me alone and obviously in, in real life I'm sure it would be very annoying but it it just has that really nice family family feel for the film um, and I, I just I really like it. it makes me again it makes me feel fuzzy inside um, oh. so yeah I, I like Big Fat Greek Wedding okay um, my fourth uh, sorry fourth my third film um, is a bit different. It, this is the one that it, it's not a comedy at all, really. I, I can't even. I don't even know if there are funny bits, but I had to put it in here just because it really. Um, it was. It's really had an effect on me. Like I remembered it for a very long time afterwards, and it's actually part of a trilogy of films that um, they all continue on from each other, but they're all set ten years apart from each other. So the first film is called Before Sunrise, which came out in 1995. Um, then the sequel is Before Sunset, which comes out that came out in two thousand and four, and then the most recent one is Before Midnight, which came out in two thousand and thirteen. Uh, the same characters, just ten years apart each time. Um, so the first one, which is on my list, uh, Before Sunrise, it's basically a story. It's all set uh, in twenty four hours. It's filmed as if there's kind of no cuts. It feels like each scene just flows into the next one, but because it's obviously set through twenty four hours. It's kind of, obviously there are cuts in there, but it's just done very well. Um, and the premise is, it's a young man and a young woman meet on a train. Uh, both of them are travelling through Europe. They get to their stop, um, and they both, obviously they're chatting on the train a little bit, then they both realise we're waiting in this town for 24 hours until our next trains, and then the next trains will will be going in the opposite directions, so we're not going to see each other again. Why don't we spend the whole day together here? Um, and it's just basically these uh, it's basically one long conversation between two people through the entire film set over just a period of time just the just that night um, and it's just about them falling in love with each other and that's it and then these it, it, uh, and then they got their separate ways at the end of the film and that's that but it's just a really 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 good film very very good film the fact that two actors can hold your attention for um, two hours and it's just a conversation of them just walking through this town and then various things happen as they're walking through the town but generally speaking it is basically just one long conversation um, and you can just relate to it I mean if, if anyone's ever you know dated a girl or a boy or whatever like you can relate to it because it's kind of it's very realistic the way they interact and it's not done in kind of your typical romance drama way where it's kind of all over the top and people are running after taxis like I love you and all this kind of it's not like that it's just literally <laughs> it's literally just two people coming together and spending the day together it's really really good so that's before sunrise so it's three it's part of a series of three films and they all have the same actors in, the, in it yeah ah, okay interesting I don't mm. think I've ever heard of these films yeah, it's, uh, the trilogy's got a name, but I can't quite find the name of it. But if you just type in Before Sunrise, and it comes up with the sequels. Um, so I'm presuming in another ten years, if they're still up for it, there will be another film. That's really cool. And it'll be before whatever. It'll be probably before morning or something, the next one, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do for the next one. Or maybe that's it. You'll just have to watch them to know what I mean, but it, it's very good. Okay, interesting. I'll have to and watch it, that. Yeah, and it's... Um, 
It's just about the realism of relationships, really. Grand. Well, my third film is The Importance of Being Earnest. Mm. Um, This is a um, a period drama, uh, romantic comedy, um, based on a stage play, quite a a well-known, I think, old, quite old stage play. Uh, and this is, um, I don't know how many films there are of it, but this this is a film that has Colin Firth, Reese Witherspoon, um, and, oh, what's his name? Um, he is the guy that plays Prince Charming in the Shrek films. Oh, I can't remember his name. Is, this, is, not... is he the lead character? No, he's one of the side characters. Um, well, no, you know he's sort of the other lead character. I think Colin Firth and him are the main characters, and then there's Rup- two... Ru- Rupert Everett. Yes, Rupert Everett. Um, and then then we've got and then there's Reese Witherspoon and then another actress. And um, I I haven't actually seen it for a really long time, but every time I watch it, I just think how how good. Um, how good it is i think it's something to do with the time period because it's um i think it's sort of sort of the regency era pride and prejudice kind of time and it involves um colin firth colin firth's character he um i think he was adopted and he doesn't know what his actual name is um and it's it's basically about romance between these these four people um, and um, uh, it's just again I, I haven't seen it for a long time so I'm struggling to remember it but um, it's just something to do with the pacing the, the characters are very well written and it is generally very funny um, and uh, yeah it's just it's just a joy to watch really um, so yeah so that's my, that's my third one really and, and for a while I've been thinking oh, I'd love to see that again but I don't don't think it's on Netflix at the moment. So, I have seen the original film adaptation of it, not the one with Colin Firth. Okay, I've seen the one from 1952. Um, uh, so yeah, I went to the cinema to see that one. No, I didn't. Uh, in 1952. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it was just on one Saturday morning. I, I woke up and I was like, oh, just I was having my breakfast in the living room and it was on. Um, right. And I thought oh, it's an old film. This was kind of a bit a bit camp. And then before I knew it, I was hooked and I watched it all the way to the end. And yeah, it's, it's a really, really good story. I was really into it. Um, it's interesting though, because I can't imagine it being done... Because the one that you watched came out in 2002. I just can't imagine a modern version of it because it's quite a ridiculous story, really. They do uh, it really well. I mean, it, it feels very... Um, it almost feels like a stage play. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to say, because the one that I saw, the, that one from 1952, very dramatic, and the women are really, they're like, they just don't clock on, even though they should clock on early on what's going on, and they're all very flamboyant and dramatic with the way that they're, they're acting and everything, and I don't know. It's just the way that it's put together, I just can't imagine it being done. Anyway, either way, the story is very good. It is a very good story, and I, I, did, I did really get into it, so yeah. So I'll have to one. watch the uh, the fifty two version. You're, yeah. you're, you'll have to watch the new one. Yeah, because I was just really, looking. I really enjoy it. I was just looking there, and uh, overall, the the older ones got better reviews. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. But there we go. So my second one is another Julie Roberts film, and that is Pretty Woman, starring uh, Julie Roberts and Richard Gere. Um, this is a great film. I, I hadn't seen it before until. And maybe about two years ago or a year ago, I watched it for the first time. And I thought it was great. I absolutely loved it. Um, it's just a rundown of the story. It's basically a very wealthy man turns up uh, to, to a city. And he ends up hiring out an escort, which is Julie Roberts, who uh, play, plays her. And, um, and it's kind of like an unexpected... I mean, he really hires her mainly because he's lonely and he just wants the company. Um and then she's kind of ends up staying at his uh, hotel, um, and then this kind of at first it's a friendship, and then it's romance comes later on, and it's about her. She's come from the the wrong side of the tracks, as it were, and he's come from the right side of the tracks, and he kind of 
it's kind of interesting to see her try and integrate into his world, but then obviously she brings her kind of more realistic, down to earth approach of life into into his life, and uh, they complement each other. And some great scenes. I think there's a really famous scene where she goes into a shop and she's still dressed in kind of like her escort gear, but then she goes into this very kind of um, upmarket clothing store. And then they're basically saying, I don't think there's anything here for you. And they kind of they try and get rid of her. Um, and then there's a great scene then later on where it pays off where she turns up again later on into the store. But she's comp- so well dressed and really looks like, you know, she's very wealthy. And the kind of, she, it's, it's kind of, she shows them up in a way. And it's very good. It pays off that really well. There's a lot of little scenes like that where people are very against her. But then eventually she kind of, kind of, is, has one up on them uh, and then there's other people um, she has a good relationship with the hotel manager because the whole thing they're just staying in this hotel um, and he kind of everybody else is kind of treating her like filth in a way but this hotel manager knows that she's uh, got a heart of gold and kind of looks out for her a little bit um, but it's great it's a great rom-com I uh, really really do like it I couldn't recommend it enough it's a, it's a good film so, yeah. yeah I've actually never seen Pretty Woman Oh, you should do. It's a really mm. good one. Really heartwarming. It's a lovely one. I have seen another film that stars those two, another rom-com. Is your, right. your, is your number one, does your number one star Julia Roberts and Richard Gere? No. Okay, right. So just an honourable mention, because I'd forgotten completely about this film. The Runaway Bride. Um, have you seen The Runaway, the Runaway Bride? Um, no, I haven't. It's Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, again. And it's just about this woman, um, played by Julia Roberts, who has been to um, the altar three times, but ran away each time and not actually got married. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just about um, he, I think he's a reporter and he's he's trying to report on her. Yeah. Uh, but then there's romance between the two of them, and um, it's a very good romantic comedy, and I think it's very highly rated. I think it's it's seen as one of the um, one of the one of the best uh, rom coms. Um, I've I've seen that that the, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. That was made because of the success, the chemistry between them in Pretty Woman. Oh, really? So then they, then they mm. made Runaway Bride out because of that, because right, okay. obviously they've got good on-screen chemistry. So we're gonna have to do some honourable mentions at the end because I've just rem- remembered two films that are similar, similar in the sense because they they made the first one and then because the chemistry was so good, they made another. Um, unless that's your number one. Anyway, so my number two is The Holiday. Ooh. Um, and I really like this film. I um, I I used to watch this with my friend Holly quite a lot, um, and uh, it's it's a story about um, uh, a lady called Iris who is played by um, Kate. No, what's her name? The the woman who plays Rose in Titanic. Oh, uh, Kate Winslet. Yes, thank you. Kate Winslet, um, and she is a newspaper writer in England. And she is, it's Christmas time, and she's feeling very heartbroken over a man. And um, she, and, 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 and then in America, in the, in the US, in California, LA, sorry, in Los Angeles, um, there is a woman played by Cameron Diaz her name is I can't remember anyway Cameron Diaz's character and she's just had a breakup and feeling very stressed and they basically both decide to swap houses for uh, the the holidays and uh, it just involves them in each other's houses meeting different people having romantic um uh, um, things with 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 guys that they meet there, and um, it, it's just a really nice feel good film, um, and uh, it's got some really good music by Hans Zimmer, um, one of my favourite movie soundtracks actually, because it's just this really nice light hearted feel good um, music, um, and it has this nice little side plot with an old an old man who who used to work in the movies. Um, and it's just oh, it's just such a good film, just such a really nice feel good 
movie, and and you can watch it any time of the year. It is a Christmas movie technically, but it's a it's a it's a not sickly Christmas film. So okay. if you're the kind of person who doesn't like over the top Christmas movies, this is the film for you. Um, so yeah, the holiday is is great. I really love the holiday. So Jamie, what's your number one? My number one is When Harry Met Sally. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, starring Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Um, I think I think it's an absolutely amazing film. Uh, I saw this. <coughs> this was another one that I'd only seen very recently in the, the last couple of years. Um, and I just thought, why have I not seen this film before? Um, and basically, it's a story about two friends, um, and they're basically saying, is it possible for a man and a woman to be just friends, and um, for romance and things not to get in the way? Um, so that happens. I think uh, t- uh, uh, they basically make a deal to say that she she basically says we can just be friends, uh, and he says we can't. Uh, so they have a little bet, and then I think they do sleep with each other at the beginning. But then they kind of then they go their own separate ways, and then they meet other people. Um, but every time they always end up coming back to each other, and it's kind of you're just screaming at the telly, just bit like you, you love each other, just be with each other. But it's kind of almost like they're trying to prove a point or something, and they're almost just resisting the the fact that they do actually like each other. Um, absolutely cracking film, um, very funny. It's a really funny one actually, um, and also uh, Carrie Fisher's in it as well, who plays um, the friend of. Uh, Meg Ryan's character. Oh right, so, I, didn't, I didn't know yeah. that. I yeah, I and she and she's the friend that kind of gets married and has kind of a more traditional kind of lifestyle, and she's always basically saying, "Why don't you two do this?" Because you know everyone knows that you like each other, and and they're not, and they they, they just got great, really great chemistry. I think it's their relationship is very believable. Like you mm. actually believe these two would actually get together and, and get married and everything. Um, it's very good. So that's my number one. And it sort of puts you into such a good mood, that film as well. Like I was in such a good mood after watching it. It was, it was great. So, uh, so yeah, When Harry Met Sally is my number one. Great. My number one is 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, right, moving on. Now, um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I absolutely love this film. Um, my friend Holly, who I watched The Holiday with, she introduced me to this, this film. And I was just so taken with it. Um, I, I think the time, like the first time I watched it, um, I was I was very hung up on a on a on a girl on a relationship that um, mm. uh, I, on a breakup, and um, uh, it, it was just sort of very good medicine in a sense for that. It was very good. Um, uh, yeah, it was just a very good feel good film. Um, again, I don't want to give away the plot, but it just really helped. And um, it, it's not it's not just good because um, it's got good acting because it does it, um, uh, with uh, Zoe Dachanel and Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the the main man and woman, um, and good you know other characters. Uh, it's it's got good writing, um, but it, it's also very arty. Um, in the the plot is told in in a different order. Um, you you have um, a sort of a counter of days because of the five hundred days of summer, yeah. um, and it, the, the the number will change, and then you'll go you'll go forwards, and then you'll go backwards, uh, and it 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 just tells the the story in a very interesting way. Uh, and it's not just a you know it's not just pointless the the the, the forwards and backwards it doesn't seem pointless when you when you get to the end of the film it feels like um, they told it in the right order um, and it has uh, yeah as Jamie as Jamie already said it has some um, uh, sort of musical numbers and other other things that that are, are a bit sort of abnormal um, that just sort of add to the the style of the film and and, and um, uh, yeah, just gives a very different romantic comedy to 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 um, to what people are used to. Um, yeah, and uh, I keep meaning to watch it again. Actually, um, so I might I might endeavour to do that in the next week or so. I think. Yeah. Um, my the two I remembered when we were talking about. Uh, the Runaway Bride were Sleepless in Seattle and You've yeah. Got Mail. Yeah, they're really uh, great with Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah. And um, 
They made Sleepless in Seattle. Made Sleepless in Seattle first. Um, little boy, his father is sad because his wife, uh, his mother died, um, some time before, and he rings up this uh, uh, this radio show called Sleepless in Seattle, and he, the little boy talks to the ra- the the woman on the radio, and then gets um, the the father to talk about it, and then th- through that he he um, gets all these romantic interest from from ladies and then this this woman played by Meg Ryan who's sort of starting to fall in love with the idea of him and um and yeah it's a very good film and then you've got Mail is it, it's a quite a different story you've got this um Tom Hanks plays this guy who um is opening a big bookstore in the in the area and it's going to endanger a little cozy bookstore that is owned by Meg Ryan and there's tension there, uh, but at the same time they are. Um, well, I don't want to give it away, but they're um, like email. Email plays a, um, a big role in the film, and I actually prefer you've got mail to, to Sleepless in Seattle, even though Sleepless in, in Seattle is the one that uh, people remember more. I've um, I've seen both, but uh, a very long time ago. Right. So I can't, can't comment too much on them, except I I remember liking. Sleepless in well, I, I think I like both of them, but I recall Sleepless in Seattle more. Mm. I think. Yeah, most people seem to, but for some reason, I just I just prefer you've got mail. I don't know why. Yeah. So. Great. Well, that was our romantic comedies. Huh. Uh, there is a, f- a romantic comedy out at the moment. I think it's still out called The Big Sick, which is supposed to be really, really good. Uh, and apart from having what I think is a terrible title, um, it's uh, it's been very well rated and people really like it. So um, I probably won't see it in the cinema, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna see it at some point. Um, yeah, it looks like a good romantic comedy. Right uh, now, it is time for the news. So uh, my piece of news for this week is that Dragon Quest Eleven is going to be coming west on PS4 and Nintendo 3DS and potentially Nintendo Switch uh, next year. And the reason why this is big news is because uh, Dragon Quest games generally don't come to the west, or they haven't. The last few haven't. Um, they, 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 yeah, they generally don't come here um, until maybe years after they might remake it for a console and then bring it over or. Um, or, or not at all. I don't think Dragon Quest X came out here at all. So the fact that it is coming is is just incredible, and I'm quite excited because I've never played a Dragon Quest game before. But they're really cool, sort of Final Fantasy esque games, but they're a little bit more Zelda like. They're a bit more fantasy, a bit more cartoony, um, a bit more stylized, and uh, yeah. So that that's quite an exciting prospect. So, uh, and I'll probably be getting it for the PS4 just because that'll be the the prettiest and most powerful version so yeah that, that's uh, that's my news for this week what was yours Jamie um, it's been officially confirmed this is official now because before it wasn't official uh, that Daniel Craig will be staying on to play James Bond for one last film um, has he so said one last yeah one last he's going right. to have one film and it will be his last film right so there we go so that era of James Bond will have a nice ending that's going to be due for release in November 2019. Right. Okay. Um, and it will be his last. When was Casino Royale out? 2006. So it's been quite a while, like it's over 10 years. Yep, and he will be the only, he'll be the second Bond to be into his 50s whilst playing the role. Wow. Yeah. I didn't well, know he was that old. Yeah, when it, well, he's when the film's released, he will be fifty-one, right? He'll be fifty-one, I believe. I'm assuming Sean Connery is the other one. Um, no, it was Roger Moore. Oh, didn't Sean Connery come back and do another that another film though? I think he did. That's true. Um, that's what the BBC says anyway. I'm going off BBC information here. They said only two James Bonds and that was Daniel Craig and Roger Moore. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, very, very good. Right. Shall we do the next barrel, Jamie? Okay. 
Eee, by gum. It's time for the second barrel. Right, so, we're going to review Dunkirk now. Uh, Dunkirk is a war film set in World War II, directed by Christopher Nolan, um, about the, um, uh, the, the, the rescue attempt in uh, Dunkirk in France. Is yep. Dunkirk in France, yeah? It is. I just wanted to check. Um, uh, yeah, the rescue attempt uh, of getting um, all these soldiers, uh, English soldiers, French soldiers, off of Dunkirk, um, and um, because the the Germans uh, had managed to surround them and uh, basically um, just close in on them around Dunkirk. Um, and yeah, what did you what did you think, Jamie? What was your initial feeling before I went to the cinema? No, just I, in general, like after you came out. Um, my initial feeling was, wow, that was amazing. One thing I will say, um, and it's one of those films that you have to see it in the cinema to really appreciate it because I felt like it was more of an experience than yeah. just a story. Because the way that it's done, it's broke up into... Um, it's a bit of a time jumper. It switches around um, and it follows um, a couple of groups of characters and then it all leads to one finale um, where the kind of a lot of them are all involved. Um, so I wouldn't really say that you watch it for kind of... You're getting to know these characters you, and it's this kind of long story they're all going through, which it is to an extent, and you do... All the characters are likable, but it's more of an experience, and I think you're more expected to see it through their eyes as opposed to uh, watch it for the actual characters themselves, if that makes sense. Um, uh, Very good. Again, we were were at the cinema. um, It was full, was the cinema showing, Mm. and we only got, I think it was the third row from the front, which we were a bit annoyed about at first, but actually when we when we came out, we decided that being so close to the screen actually really enhanced it because it felt like we were really in the film. And the way it's filmed, I mean, the soundtrack's absolutely great. That's another standout thing I'll just say before I let you come in, is that there's just ticking in the background constantly of like, so you know it's leading up to something. And I yeah. thought that was unbelievable. The music was pretty... It was pretty loud. I went with my sister, and she found it really like uh, jarring at times how how loud it was and how, yeah. how intense the music was. Because yeah, as you say, ticking and like a thumping noise at times, and other other things that were just like intensifying the situation. Yeah. Um, I I found the context. I found I, I found that there could have been a bit more context because apart from at the beginning where you um, where you had a bit of an explanation saying, you know, these soldiers were um, stuck at Dunkirk, da 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 It didn't really explain why. It didn't really... Um, it started in a very kind of odd, odd manner. It, it took me a while to get my bearings. Um, and the chopping around, I, I couldn't really tell half the time what when things were happening because yeah. there was a character that you met and then you saw him... Again, but it was earlier in, in the narrative. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that, that did happen, yeah. And I, I was confused by that, and I still haven't really pieced it all together in my head um, as to when things when things happened exactly. But, um, uh, yeah, but, but I, I think potentially that was part of the point of the experience because what it was doing was it was giving you um, uh, quite a jagged narrative because war is like that because it, it's just yeah. loads of things all happening at once yeah. and it's supposed to confuse you and it's supposed to be a bit crazy well, well that's just it I think that's half the reason they did the time jumping around is because it all happens at once so it had to show you one perspective of the same event and it would go to a different group but the officer would start at a different point and then show their le- their story leading up to that event and then mm. it would show you them from their perspective and I think, I think there was at least three because you had the people that were on the... Oh, hold on. I have to stop. I'm recording an episode, Mum. I know. I didn't think you were here. Oh, were you? Yeah. I didn't, hello. I didn't hear you. Oh, is that Ben? Yeah. Hi. Oh, so sorry. It's all right. We'll just have to edit all this I out. I might as well go and have, have a word with him. Where is he? 
Well, he's not on it. Obviously, we don't. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, thank you. I've just wrecked it, haven't I? No, it's fine. We'll just cut it out. Okay. It's totally fine. You might have to listen back a bit because there's me going hello. hello. I couldn't. I couldn't hear, so I think it should be fine. All right then. Very good. <laughs> all right then. Bye. Good, bye. Ask <laughs> him about Chester. Oh yeah, that was it. Uh, well, we'll talk about that afterwards. I think it's the twentieth of something like that. Yeah. Right, okay. Bye. Bye. We'll have to wait till Mum goes down the ladder. Quiet now. Yeah, you will. Then. Well, you were. <coughs> Not long. much longer. It'll only be about ten more minutes. Ten minutes. Okay. Sorry, I don't know. I have no idea where we were or what we're talking about. <laughs> um, you were talking about your sister at the cinema. Uh, no, I wasn't. I was talking about the choppy narrative. Um, oh yeah, that was we, it. We, you were saying, um, you were saying how you saw one thing, um, and then you saw the lead up to the other thing. Oh, you were talking about how many, how many storylines there were going on. That was the last thing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, so that I think that that really that's why he chose to do uh, the different narratives and the different times jumping around was just so that you could see exactly what was happening at that one moment uh, from different perspectives without having to cut between things and you missing out on things um, which is really good but I think it did work really well because there was one scene where uh, it showed the perspective of Tom Hardy's character who's um, a Spitfire pilot um, and it shows his buddy's plane hit the water and then he kind of then he can't he doesn't then show you the perspective of his friend because there's no time it has to keep showing you what Tom Hardy's doing so you just see this plane hit the water and then it's like right whatever that's kind of happened we'll keep going the perspective of Tom Hardy in this kind of uh, dog fight that was going on in the sky and it's only until like probably considerably later 20 minutes later in the film you then see then the perspective as he's hitting the water and then you see Tom Hardy's plane fly off into the distance it's kind of so it, it does work because then obviously then you get to see in full what happens to the other guy yeah yeah the pace the pacing is it's just very it's a very interesting idea and i think i think that's um it's a very yeah it's just very different to to what um, we're used to we're used to yeah um uh, it was shorter than i expected it to be but it isn't short though because it's 2 hours is it actually 2 hours yeah. Oh well, this one actually says one. Oh no, one hour forty six. Yeah, I thought it was because because um, I when I came out of the cinema, I realised I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Not that that's a bad thing. It's well, just um, I, I'm from a, from a Nolan film. I usually expect two hours plus, if not like two and a half hours. Plus, just the kind of film that it is—a war film. Because there was so much to see and so much going on. I mean, it could have easily been on longer. I mm. remember th- I didn't feel I was still hungry for more when it finished. I was still like, oh, it's finished. I was like, oh, I could have yeah. kept watching that. But then maybe yeah. it would have uh, outstayed its welcome if it carried on a bit more. I don't know. One criticism that I've only... Um, uh, um, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't really see it myself, but I was talking to my friend and he was saying how um, actually there was a lot more people on Dunkirk. There was more French and there, yeah. were, um, there were a lot of other... Um, militaries from other countries I think potentially he said there was an Australian one and we didn't really see that obviously you kind of even though we don't really see the French it's mainly British I think isn't it well um, you the... do you do there there is sort of a a, a twig to the French isn't there the uh, French are point. seen oh yeah um, at the very beginning yeah they're defending the beach yeah um so they are there um, one thing I will say is, even though I agree that that is true, there was all these other people there. Um, in the vast majority, were British. Right, so okay. if you were there on that beach running around, and you were, and bear in mind, a lot of it takes place next to the boats, um, then they would all be British people, if that makes sense. So right, it, okay. it's kind of like on the say. I think this. How many people did they say was on the beach? Four hundred thousand. Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and the majority of those are the ones trying. Uh, will be the British trying to get on the boats. Um, then, then yeah, um, and that, that that was another criticism is that it didn't look like there was that many people on the beach. Some yeah. of the shots that they did look like there was a lot. I think they got. I read somewhere there was eight thousand extras they used wow. that were pretending to be four hundred thousand people. 
Gosh, that's a lot of people. That's still a lot of people that they got. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot. Some of the shots did look impressive. It did look like there was a large amount of people there. But um, there we go. That's that's what it, it is. What it is. I suppose they could have done more effort to do that. But uh, like you said, there was a nod at the end to the French, uh, and the French were seen at the very beginning of the film as well. So we knew that they were there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, before we go, our last comments. Should we just talk about Harry Styles? Yeah. Well, this is interesting. I I didn't tag it was him for a few for a while. I did. I mean, I did like it. it just took me a few like maybe a minute or two to be like, oh, hold on a minute, that's that's him. It took me a while just because I was engrossed in the story. To me, it was right. just some 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 person from that time period. I was just like, oh right, oh yeah, oh, yeah it's him. I was kind of. Like, yeah. I I twigged quite quickly because I think I I I can't remember why what it was, but shortly before going to see it. I somebody somebody reminded me that he was in it. I was like, oh yeah. Hmm. Um, I thought he was good. Like he yeah, wasn't he wasn't incredible. Um, he wasn't like Tom Hanks standard, but he was great. Like if I hadn't remembered that Harry Styles was in it, I probably would have just accepted him as another actor and just gone, yeah, he's fine. And 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 he, I think he was like there were some bits where, um, like you know, he he said some nasty things at points, and you didn't like him for those reasons. And that's when, yeah. you know when, when somebody's saying that something nasty that you you're supposed to. Um, and there were other points when you were like, "Yeah, come on." So, yeah, and he blended into the the narrative in a very uh, convincing way, which is great because I think some when you when you see some um, singers in films, it can be very obvious that they've been shoehorned in for, um, you know, to to get people to go and watch it. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know why he was in the film. Maybe he genuinely just you know uh, went to a rehearsal. Excuse me. Maybe he just tried out for a part, and they thought, "Yeah, you're great. Come on, let's let's do the film." So, well, I think maybe he just got it. Honestly, I mean, people are just yeah. thinking, presuming that he got it because it's Harry Styles. But maybe he just got it because he was right for the role. Well, he was, I mean, as I say, he was good enough. I think. Yeah, he was. So, um, good on this. There's some good scenes. It really, I felt very nervous all the way through. You really yeah. do feel like there is something bad happening. Um, it's good because it doesn't show. There's not much blood and guts, if any, mm. at all. Um, and it shows that you don't have to have violence to have the sense of fear. I think tension makes you more scared than the actual act. So I think because there was so much tension, and the soundtrack was absolutely amazing. The whole thing, I felt really cold all the way through. Like I was quite nervous, and I felt a bit cold. I can't explain what what I mean by that, but it just felt really like well, a lot of it was at sea, say, wasn't it? So yeah, so that probably you know, it. cold colours. Um, yeah, that's true. The palette was quite um, quite dark, wasn't it? Yeah, and I thought there was a very good scene which shows the, the what people will go to when they're scared. I won't spoil it, but there's a scene with all the young lads on the oh, beach. Yeah. They manage to get into a boat. Mm. They're hiding in the boat. That scene really is very, very, very good. Um, yeah. and it just shows what people will go to when they're scared. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Dunkirk, really, really recommend it. Really, really good film. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought um, it was a, a really good war film. Um, I've seen better war films, but um, it it was a really good good experience. I would agree with you. I think go and see it in the cinema. Try and go and see it as big a screen as you can. I saw it on quite a small screen, and I think my experience wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, yeah, we uh, had it on a massive screen. It was very good, very impressive. Even the IMAX. I'd say go to the IMAX if you can. Yeah, definitely IMAX. The Dunkirk would be brilliant. Mm. Um. Yeah, it was good. I think I would give it a solid eight out of ten barrels, probably. Yep, uh, I'll I'll go a bit above that. I'll say eight point five. Okay. Um yeah. I think if you asked me on the day I was at the cinema when I came out, I'd have probably said nine. But I think now I've had a bit of time to digest it all. I'd say eight point five. You can't give it eight point five because then it makes it like eight point two point five. Oh, but I want to give it. We, we, I thought we were allowed to give points. No, you're allowed to give points if it's just you reviewing. Because I'm not going to give a score, oh. and you're allowed to give it points if you give. Yeah, but why like, can't it be eight point two? Because that's that's cause you can have half a barrel. You can't have two point two of a barrel. <laughs> oh. You either give it eight or you give it nine, and if you give it nine, then it's eight point five. If you give it eight, then it's right. Seven. So all right, so I'm going to have to give it nine because I don't. I can't give it an eight. Okay, great. So it's eight point five. There we go. Great. Mm. Yawning. Sorry. Um, 
Grand. Right, well, that was uh, our review of Dunkirk. Go and watch it if you've not already um, seen it. And also, and just as a side, another really good war film that I've seen recently, probably the best one I've seen, ever seen, Hacksaw Ridge. Ah, that's another one that came out very recently, didn't it? Really good war film. Um, uh, it's uh, it's a 15, so unlike Dunkirk, there is a lot of uh, gore and blood, but you kind of need it for the film that, that, that it portrays. Right. Such a good film. With, with a name like that, you would expect it to be violent. But one, thing I, will, one thing I will say... Um, even though this was a 12 and there wasn't any kind of visually no like violence just because of the themes and the, what it was what was actually happening in the film I, I don't know I was thinking we came out of the cinema and we thought a 12 year old would be you know pretty scared like it's not like oh there's no violence so they'll be able to handle it I think it was still quite an intense film really um, I think it's fine for them to go to the cinema but I'll be I would just say be warned that it is quite scary, like really yeah. scary. Yeah, I mean it's a twelve. Twelves are all twelve A's now, aren't they? Yeah, you have to have that adult supervision if you're twelve. No, yeah. no, it's not that way. Sorry, sorry, it's twelve unless you have adult supervision, and then I think you can go in at the age of ten. Yeah, yeah, sure, you can go. Is, is is that is that it? I don't know because I don't or think something. this is a twelve A. I swear it's is a twelve. It? I thought all films were twelve A's now. Oh, I'm confused. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, I don't really pay. I don't pay attention to classification now that I'm. 25. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think some kids, some some twelve year olds, would be fine with it. And some oh yeah, would probably be be bothered. So, yes, if you have a twelve year old kid, be be aware that it might be too much for them, but it might not be. So. Yep. Great. Well, go see Dunkirk and go see Hacksaw Ridge as well, and uh, we will see you next time bye 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 everybody you've been listening to the double barrel show with ben bernard smith and jamie sellers thwaites to find our next episode and previous episodes find us on soundcloud benbernardsmith.com or jstma.tumblr.com